0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's break down the three options for quarterback next season in Aggieland between the likes of Haynes King, Max Johnson, and, of course, Connor Wangman. Thank you so much for joining us your first listen every single day. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and, of course, LockedOnPodcast.com, your team every day. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. So anything you want to hear on the show, anything you want to hear on this podcast, we're on Monday through Friday. Give me a follow. Give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mixed name on Twitter right down there below. Secondly, make sure you're following Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Before I go any further, I would just like to talk about what's going on now with COVID-19. Because, again, Texas A M was the very first team to suffer the COVID-19 pandemic. Once again, stepping involved having its impact, and now costing AM a bowl game, which is a big deal. When i not be playing in the Gator Bowl this week, Wake Forest now is set to face off against Rutgers, a 5-17 and from the Big Ten, who... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. Who, due to the academic association... I don't remember, no remember what the name is, but because of the academic association... It's allowing them to move ahead move forward because they're the 5-7 team with the highest academic standard or something like that. It's why a team like Texas is not in. It's why there's several other teams that are not in the mix. I get it. But at the end of the day, let me ask you a question. What would you rather do? Go to the likes of uh, Lee College Station, go to Jacksonville, Florida, play another top 25 team, and get boat raced because if you would. And I know a lot of people are going to out there and say, oh, well, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't get boat raced. Yeah, yes, they would. Sam Hartman and the Demon Deacon offense is so fantastic at the deep ball, the accuracy, and more importantly, the ability to extend plays on third down with the offense, that they were one of the most potent offenses in college football. Not the bCC not in the Eastern Comp, not in the Eastern Hemisphere, college football. And you have 13 defensive you have 13 defensive players on scholarship who are active for this game. You would get boat raced on national television, on New Year's Eve. Nobody would have a good time. You do not have a starting quarterback. You don't have a lot. There's a lot going wrong. I get Jimbo Fisher. I get Ross Burke's decision to go ahead and cancel the bowl game. I understand it. Do I want this to happen for A&M? Of course not. Nobody wants this to happen for the likes of Texas A&M. But what would you rather have? A team that when you look at on paper and you see and you watch them be faced off and whatnot be one of the most stellar teams in the industry, or get completely slammed. That's your call. I can tell you this right now. I would have been going to the game. I would have been leaving tomorrow night. I would have been getting on a flight. I would have been going up to Jacksonville. I would have arrived on uh, Tuesday night. I would have gotten there Wednesday. I would have been there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. would have left Saturday morning to come back home. And that would have been a fun time. That would have been a moment to where I would have been excited. It would have been a great game if AM had its starters. And I don't mean Jaden Peavy or DeMarvin Leal or um, even Damani Richardson or Leon O'Neal. Like, yeah, it'd be great to see those guys play one more game, but it's not a death sentence. It's not the end of the world. You need to be able to have more stable players on the roster to be able to actually play. And keep in mind that this was one of three games, not including the New Year's Six Bowl game, that had two ranked opponents in it. It was you. It was the valero Alamo Bowl where it was Oklahoma versus Oregon. And it's Clemson. No, it's Ivan Clemson. Um, it's... Um, I don't even remember who the last one is. I know it's another. other... Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's Iowa versus... Um, um, uh, I'm blanking on who it is. But it's, it's the Iowa game. They're playing against an, an SEC team. That's it. Do you really want to be one of those top 25 teams that gets absolutely smoke showed on national television? If you do, by all means, go ahead. Go out there. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you think. And then when it ultimately goes horribly awry, because of it will, I promise you it will, and then the national media and everyone else out there goes ahead and sits, well, was Texas A&M really a good team last year? Or was Texas A&M really one of those teams that was going to go ahead and win the SE shape? Because huh? that's what happens. That's what happens every single time. You get really hot, you have some slip-ups, you have some mishaps, you regress, then you're blamed for everything it happens all the bleeping time in college football the last thing you want to do whether or not you field a team with a bunch of walk-ons and a bunch of freshmen and a bunch of uh players who you do think could actually make an impact or you face off against nobody the end of the day is if you play that game and you lose people are gonna talk chit chat chit chat chit chat not gonna stop not going to stop running their mouths. Do you want to know why? Because it's the SEC. And in the SEC, the slogan is, it just means more. Well, right now, the two teams that have already played in the SEC are losers in Missouri and Florida. Couldn't even win their bowl game. Against UCF and Army. Army. Team that doesn't throw the football. Was able to boat race the likes of Missouri. And yeah, they won by a field goal, but it's Army you should be winning by 14 in this game. 100%. And I support our troops, and I support it, and I'm a proud representative of uh, a, a longtime supporter of the military. I have family members who are in the military. I've had multiple friends go join the military. It ain't it. That ain't it. When I look right now at Texas a people are going to be pissed off. People are going to be really upset. They're not playing in the bowl game. But what would you rather have? Sitting at home... Or watching the national media for the next eight months. Because this ain't ending today. This ain't ending today. It's not just, oh, we lost to Wake Forest. And we lost because we didn't have a bunch of starters. We lost because we didn't have a super name. Nope. The second you lose that game. The second that game's over. For the next eight months. Is Texas A&M a legit player? Or are they just kind of around? What are they in the SEC? I'd much rather hear the other part. Where it's silent. Crickets. Wait for next year. This episode of Lockdown On Aggies is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It's a new year, so that means Bilt Bar has new resolutions for you. And if you're trying to get fit or at least eat a little bit healthier, Bilt Bar is the bar for you. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better than candy bar because it's delicious, nutritious, and more importantly, delicious. Now, Built Bar has everything that you can have because it's good for you and it tastes fantastic. Most of bars have about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and about 17 grams of protein. When you think about that, a candy bar, which is not a healthy option, has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and about a dozen net carbs. So let's just be real. All you got to do is have a New Year's resolution, start your year off right with a brand new treat that will meet your needs, Built Bar. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, the least you can do is put something nutritious and delicious in your body that's good for you. That way, you're enjoying a Built Bar, which almost counts as the same as a workout if we're being completely honest. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop into the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day, your team every day. Now make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, draft analysis, and so much more. It's the most comprehensive college football preview and it begins starting right Now. So let's go ahead and talk about the quarterback position. There's three names that you have to watch for this upcoming season. Zach Calzada, thank you for your service, young man. Thank you for helping Texas A&M defeat Alabama at home for the first time in the program's history. But there's greener pastures ahead for you, and there's greener pastures ahead for Texas A&M football. So what do we make of this move, and what do we make of Texas A&M, and what direction they go in? Let's start off with the first name, probably the most incumbent one, because if he's the local kid, that would be Haynes King. King, who won the starting job to begin the year, is now going to come back fully healthy after suffering a broken leg in week two against uh, against Colorado in Denver and now have the opportunity to continue to build with Jimbo Fisher, with Daryl Dickey, with the offense, with the wide receivers, with the offensive line, a little bit better of an offensive line, probably a little bit of a less run game, maybe a little bit more stability at the wide receiver position, a full offseason for guys like Caleb Chapman, like Chase Lane, like Moose Muhammad, like Demond Demas to get healthy, plus you're throwing in a few other names like an Evan Stewart who could possibly have an impact. This is the guy who at least is going to be your incumbent starter by nature because if he is the guy who was named the starter week one by Jimbo Fisher he did not beat out Zach Calzada just because of a technicality he won the job straight up and I can tell you right now looking at practice going back watching the film going back watching Texas A&M every single day in the summer guess what the better quarterback was Haynes King no one's gonna doubt that number 13 was number one for a reason number 10 was number two for a reason but at the same time, let's be a little hesitant on this. And here's what I mean. So so before you're coming at me with the pitchforks going, how dare you hate on Ainge King. No, what I'm saying is we only got a unlimited sample size. We have no idea what he can be. Because you can be fantastic in practice. There's so many people out there who are great in practice, have the touch, the accuracy, the poise, the stamina, the ability, the vision, the eye test past every single bar when the cameras aren't on. And then you crap your pants when it comes to the likes of the big-time stage. But when I was really young. I was really into acting. I was really into acting. One of the biggest things I had to learn how to cement and regress, and part of the reason why I probably talk really fast or I have a good dialect or something like that, is because of my acting skills. I did have a, uh, I do have a degree in theater performance as a minor during my time in college. But I was a little smiley. I'd walk out there and I'd be trying to tell a very serious scene. I'd be like sitting there... You're really mad at me. I I, I hate you so much. And I just feel like you're a little creepy and it's a little too smiley. In rehearsal, be fine. No problems whatsoever. Because nobody was watching. Just me and the other actors and the scene. And it became a problem over time. It became an issue. And that's one of those moments where I look at this opportunity for a guy like Haynes King. What are you? Are you me in rehearsal when I was a little boy and had to learn how to get out of that funk? Or are you me when I was actually in college doing plays able to actually handle the pressure? Because if in the only game that we saw him in fully, full four quarters, or three and a half because Calzada closed it out, two touchdown passes, two very good touchdown passes, nobody's going to deny that. Three interceptions, and one was a really bad one. The last one, the one that he was trying to force to Anaya Smith, if I could go back and scream, that'd be the one I would scream at. Honestly, when I look at Haynes King and I look at Zach Calzada, Zach threw nine interceptions on the year. I think he only threw one worse than Haynes' in that game. So there's a lot that Haynes has to prove. In practice, he's been great. He's been stellar. He knows how to command an offense. He knows how to command a huddle. He knows what he's doing in that aspect. But the lights were on. First game, I'll give him a little bit of credit. First game, interceptions. That ain't good. That ain't good whatsoever. But again, he understands the offense. He's been around for the system now for going into his third year. And because he was an early enrollee, he was able to get more reps during that offseason to kind of learn with Jimbo Fisher. And keep in mind, he also beat out Zach Calzada in 2020 to win the backup role over Calzada behind Kellen Mond. So there's a little bit more comfortability with him. There's a little bit more familiarity with him and Daryl Dickey, with him and Jimbo Fisher. There's a lot to like in that aspect. Now the incumbent coming into the program, that's going to be the biggest name probably as the factor that's going to decide all this. That would be Max Johnson. Johnson has what I don't think Haynes King does. Experience. And it's not just experience about playing in a big time game. It's not just experience about playing, you know, against an SEC opponent. It's just playing experience. You have five quarters of what you've seen from Haynes King. Five. You're done. That's it. Afterwards, it's just over. You have 18 games. I think, yeah, uh, 18 total games, 14 total starts from Max Johnson, who, by the way, threw 35 touchdown passes against 7 interceptions and over 3,300 passing yards in a year and a half-ish with LSU. And by the way, he also plays in the SEC. He also was an SEC quarterback before leaving LSU. He always was going to be an SEC guy. And on top of all that, probably the biggest thing of all, he has experience about playing Texas A&M. He can automatically see what those receivers are doing because he had to study. He had to watch. He had to see on the sideline. You got to watch firsthand the likes of a guy like Max Johnson figure it out on his own. That happened. He had to do all that. He had to be the guy. So when you add that to the conversation, and when you look at that as a factor into everything... That, to me, speaks volumes. Now, again, he's a little bit like Zach Calzano in the sense of game manager type, not really a big-time arm. Does have some big-time throws. Can't deny that. The Jar Ray Jenkins pass uh, with 27 seconds left in that game, what a throw. I mean, that was perfectly placed. That's one of those ones that you go down and you mark up and you're like, hey, why could I go to the NFL? That. Nah. Throws like that. I can do that. I'm pretty good at that. But again, you also look kind of similar to Zach Calzada in the sense of, yeah, you you got some wins, you you were good enough, but you also got some losses. 8-6 and as a starter. He's 8-6 and as a starter all time. Got a big-time upset over Texas A&M. Got a big-time upset over the likes of um, Florida earlier in the season. Got a big-time upset over Florida last season. Also dropped a few games that were probably very winnable. Also was kind of the reason you lost to UCLA in Los Angeles. Also wasn't a complete quarterback and technically wasn't supposed to be the starter. It was supposed to be Miles Brennan and then Brennan gets hurt at the start of the year and he's out for the entire season. So you're the de facto option. There's not really enough there for me to say one way or another. That's not an insult to the likes of Max Johnson, who I do believe, with the experience, and especially playing in the SEC culture, playing in SEC stadiums, understanding the pressure that comes on Saturday Night Football, all that in a bag of chips, is a good reason why he could actually win the starting job. But there are some concerns still, and I'm not ready to just go ahead and name him the starter because he has all this experience in college football. So that's going to be something to really watch for. But this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by betonline.ag. betonline.ag has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, lines than ever before as college football playoffs are right around the corner. The pro football playoffs are right up ahead and football continues to march on through. BetOnline.ag is your number one sports source for all sporting action this season. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. From basketball, NFL, NHL, college football, boxing, UFC, and so much more, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait any longer. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Get into the action. BetOnline.he, where the game starts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, your team every day. Now make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Good picks, odds, wizards, and much, much more when you go visit betonline.eg's Locked On Bets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's talk about the final guy in this conversation, the one who is going to be the dark horse, the wild card, the joker, whatever you want to call him, Connor Wangman. Wangman is going to be an incoming freshman, but very similar to what you saw with Haynes King back in 2020. He's going to be an early enrollee. He will be on campus starting January 15th. He will be a part of the a and staff. He will have an opportunity to learn with Daryl Dickey, Jimbo Fisher, and get right into the building. And the other thing that you can really talk about, Jimbo Fisher was really, really high on Connor Wangman because of his ability to upgrade the talent around him. Bridgeland is a brand new high school and the reason I know this is because of my girlfriend Kirsten. She works in Cypress Fairbanks uh, ISD Bridgeland is the brand new high school Brand new high schools usually take time to develop into really good football programs really good football dynasties I don't know where he was zoned beforehand, but when Bridgeland opened up he became the starting quarterback They've only been around for I think a three or four years if I'm not mistaken And he led into an undefeated season in 2020 He was undefeated in district play. He was undefeated in conference play. And this past year, they were a little bit more challenged, but they got two wins in the postseason, or three wins in the postseason. Yeah, they got three wins in the playoffs before losing in the fourth round, which is basically two more rounds before state. And when that happened, what happened there was actually, there was a sign saying, okay, what we're really doing right now is we are basically... An average team with an elite player. AM has elite players on their roster. AM has elite players in their recruiting class. AM has elite players across the board. I mean, you look at some of the names. Uh, Gabrielle, uh, you know, uh, 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 Gabrielle Brownlow Dindy is one. Uh, Evan Stewart is one. Walter Nolan is one. And then you look at the names that are already on the list, especially a wide receiver that I think can have really good years Moose Muhammad and Damon Demas. And. Um, I think Jalen Preston can have a good year and Chase Lane and Caleb Chapman and Devin Price. And there's a few more that I could probably throw into the conversation. There's just so much talent at the position that if Wangman looks to be the most consistent passing on third and short, if Wangman looks to be the most consistent when it comes to uh, deep ball accuracy, when Wangman looks the most consistent when it comes to uh, touch and poise and uh, ability to uh, let the ball fly but have enough power and torque behind it so it's not going to be a floater in the air. It's going to have enough trajectory to hit the receiver in stride. There's enough talent to where the inconsistencies from a first-year player actually don't matter. That's why you went out and you spent all this money. That's why you went out and you recruited as well as you did. That's why you went out and you made sure to get all these superstars because of if your quarterback is the weakest position... It's basically still a strength because of all the talent around him. And it's an offensive line that's going to have at least three starters returning, if not potentially four, because of you can say Aki was a part-time starter. And it's going to be a roster that does have play from the running back position because of even though you lose Isaiah Spiller, you still have Devon A-Chain, you still have Amari Daniels, you still have LJ Johnson, you added in Le'Veon Moss, you look at the wide receiver position, you added in Evan Stewart, you added in Chris Marshall, and you have a few other names that have already been proven. I really like the opportunity if Wangman looks to be the most consistent when it comes to the minor tweaks over Johnson and over Haynes King, for him to win the starting job. And you want to know why I feel that way? Because Jimbo Fisher feels that way. We asked Jimbo Fisher on early signing period, hey, why go after Connor Wangman instead of Quinn Ayers? Because Quinn Ayers was the number one Coupe de Grog kind of guy, had some talk about potentially wanting to go play for Texas uh, Texas A&M, Ultimately, he's going to Texas, but he really wants to stay close to home. Texas, Texas A&M, TCU, Texas Tech, were all in the consideration. And Jimbo Fisher came out and said, We're not interested. We're not. We believe that Connor Wangman is the best quarterback in this year's class. Not the best quarterback in the state of Texas. Not the best quarterback you know, for Texas A&M. Not the best quarterback for the offense. The best quarterback in the class. So if Jimbo Fisher has the faith that this is his guy then he's going to have the faith to pull the trigger very early on to say, you know what? I like Max Johnson. You know what? I like Haynes King. You know what? I love Connor Wangman. And Wangman is a guy who can get us to a 10-win season, while Max can get us to an 8-win season, and Haynes can get us to a 9-win season. He can get us to a 10-win, an 11-win, a 12-win season. Can we get 12 wins in a year? We should say. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. I'll be back tomorrow to break down something very similar. How do you replace the production of a guy like Isaiah Spiller? And is it as easy as just playing in Devon HN? I personally don't think so. So I'll have that and much, much more to talk about. See you tomorrow. And remember, thank you get me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.